Hello and welcome everybody to episode 8 of the Roto Sharks NFL podcast. And today we are going to be breaking down week number 6 of this NFL season. Um, the first game we got on the slate today is a very good one. It is the Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts. The over-under currently is at 43.5 and, and Indianapolis is favored by 10. Um, size, I'll let you start this game off. Yeah, so with uh, we'll start on the uh, the more positive side here with uh, that being Indianapolis. Um, Indianapolis offense kind of came alive against a uh, banged up uh, Baltimore's defense, and they're coming in facing uh, just an atrocious Houston team all around. Um, we've been calling it for a couple weeks now to get Jonathan Taylor more involved, and he was definitely involved last week. Um, you know, obviously, uh, he put up a. I played against him in my season long. He torched me uh, for, I think it was like 40-something points. But uh, he he definitely um, looked like the Jonathan Taylor we know he could be and should be with Frank Wright getting on the ball. Um, with him this week, he's actually one of my favorite uh, actually plays that pivot off of um, Kareem Hunt. Obviously, everybody and their mom's going to want Kareem Hunt uh, this week with the news that Chubb is out at a 7500 price tag for Jonathan Taylor. I definitely love me some Jonathan Taylor this week. Also, uh, don't mind a Carson Wentz as a large field play at 6,700, as he should be getting back Ty Hilton or T.Y. Hilton this week, or they just got him off the uh, injured reserve. So if he's playing with Michael Pittman and he's coming off that 400-yard performance, he should do very well with Houston. The only concern with Carson Wentz playing him, in my opinion, is they might be just up too much, and all they're going to do is run, which just entices me to play Jonathan Taylor a little bit more this week at that 7500 price tag. So, I mean, with Jonathan Taylor, obviously you know what you're getting. Um, you know, he had 18 touches last week. They, you know, he did really well. I don't know how I, – I know as far as, like, uh, me and Dylan was talking before the podcast, as Ryan was running late as usual, uh, we both like Jonathan Taylor. Uh, you want to chime in why you like Jonathan Taylor, Dylan? I mean, I think throughout the season he's going to keep proving why he deserves more and more touches. I mean, they have a quarterback who's been hobbled since the beginning of the season. Their offensive line's been hurt. They have hurt receivers. I mean, it all comes down to they, they need to lean on their run game more, and they have a stud in Taylor who if it weren't for the fact that he was splitting touches with two other running backs, uh, he could be the number one running back in the NFL fantasy-wise. I mean, they're going to continue to rely on, on him in the run game, and they're starting to trust him in the pass game more. I, I mean, I, as we go throughout the season, I think he's just going to get to be a better and better play. For sure. Um I don't have Jonathan Taylor. I don't think I like him as much as you guys do. Only because the back line price is 7,500. Um, I don't like that for a running back who's only playing 50% of the snaps. Like you said, it is increasing. His carries are increasing. But there's way too many other running backs that are cheaper this week that I would rather play. But again, I like his price, or I don't like his price. I like his matchup and I like how he's been getting a little more action. But until he sees about 60, so I see him at 65 to 75, 75% of snaps. I don't think I can play John Taylor at that price. Here's a question for you, Ryan. 
Mm-hmm. Did you think that at any point this season, Hines and Mac would be almost the same price? Um, no, I didn't think that after last season, how John Taylor finished, I didn't think they would use Hines and Mac like they did. But there again, they're doing it again, which makes zero sense. But maybe it's just to well, save Taylor's legs. I don't know. I, I think it makes sense. I think because they are shopping Mac, they want to feature him some and show that he's still got some gas in him. And he did very well this past weekend, too, Marlon Mack. Yeah, he didn't get too many touches, but he, he did good with them. He got five rushing attempts for 47 yards. I yeah. mean, he he did show that he's still got some gas in the tank. For sure. For sure. I, my favorite play from this team is actually on the receiver. I think we're on the one I'm talking about is uh, Michael Pittman. This dude is Carson Wentz's favorite target. I mean, going into the year, they had some chemistry concerns with Pittman's not giving up his jersey number or whatever, but obviously it was just a joke between the two, and it wasn't actually real um, beef because obviously Pittman's been Wentz's favorite target. So, uh, and we saw um, Pittman have that insane catch over one of the defenders, and he ran it into the end zone. Um, that's got to put some more trust from Carson Wentz into Pittman on deep balls. So, expect I think I can expect Pittman to get a bunch more deep balls than he's been getting. Um, Instead of those just short routes, I think he starts going deeper, which is going to increase his uh, workload and also his uh, yards per game, which is already pretty good. Um, and he's playing the most snaps on the entire team at wideout. Um, I don't think T.Y. Hillen come back affects him at all. I think T.Y. they're going to ease him in. So I don't think T.Y. will be even seeing 50% of snaps for another three to four weeks. Um, so that doesn't affect it at all. Um, all right, 5,800. Michael Pittman, I think, is a lock this week, in my opinion, just for cash with how bad um, Houston's defense is. That 27, that, like, decent of offensive um, or opponent rank, I don't think it's that big a deal. Um, they haven't really played a top receiver. They just got out of New England. Um, they've played New England. They've played Jacksonville. Um, or, no, not New England. They've played um, – one second. I'm – so lost right now in Houston. They're, yeah, they've played New England, um, Buffalo, Jets, Carolina, Buffalo, or New England, Buffalo. Yeah, they played Jacksonville, New England, Buffalo, Carolina, and Cleveland. I mean, Carolina had DJ Moore, DJ Moore went off. Buffalo, you don't really ever have one good receiver. It's always all three of them. So I, their fantasy points are always like the same. They never really have one. So that kind of brings down the value. And then Jacksonville, they don't really have a receiver. Cleveland, they didn't have Odell or Landry in that matchup. So I wouldn't look at that opponent rank at wide receiver much in the depth at all for Houston because they haven't really played a true number one besides DJ Moore, and he absolutely demolished them. So I think Pittman can have a huge week again this week. Um, He started off slow last game, but then he still finished with, like, what was it, 6-75 or something like that. Um, Six eighty nine, and, and he finally got his first touchdown of the year. Yeah, and that was a great touchdown. I think him and Wentz have insane trust. Um, yeah, fifty eight hundred. He's an absolute steal on Fanduel. I just worry about um, the the point spread is ten, right? I don't think uh, Houston has enough to keep up with the Colts. You don't think you don't, you don't largely. have the faith in Davis Mills after that insane performance against New England's defense last week? No. Um, he looked good. He looked great. Uh, he looked he looked all right. And Indy's uh, defenses looked dog shit. So 
Yeah, I mean, who the hell is Chris Moore? Did anybody know him before um, last week? He he came off the practice squad. He was nobody. Yeah, he looked he great. Just, you know, whoever he is, yeah. he looked really good. And they get well, did you, back this week. So I, I looked up Chris Moore after I was because I was like, who the fuck is Chris Moore? Right? He was a fourth round pick in 2016 from UC, right? Because uh, I really didn't know who the guy was. I mean, the guy. I mean, he had 109 yards and a touchdown in his first game. I'm like, you know. But you got to think. You got to look at New England's defense. Uh, they did get rid of Gilmore, right? I mean, I don't think New England's defense is scaring anybody this year. Well, Obviously. Gilmore hasn't played it that all this year, so that really doesn't. Well, that's that, that. Yeah, that is true. But I don't like New England's defense doesn't scare me. You know what I mean? I don't. I mean, Davis. I mean, Davis Mills did better than Tom Brady. I mean, if that says anything, but it was pouring down rain and shitty conditions. New England still got J.C. Jackson, the McCourty brothers. I mean, they still got solid guys in the secondary. I mean, I don't think their run defense is anything special at all. Um, but yeah. So you would oh. you would take the ten points? Oh, for sure. Okay. I I would for sure do that. Yeah. Indian. The only thing that concerns well, the only thing that um you know goes in Houston's favor is Indy's defense hasn't been great at all. Like it has been suspect as well. I mean these exactly. two teams' defense are about bottom of the league. And Davis Mills is finally figuring himself out. I mean, obviously the Bills defense is the Bills defense is the best league. No one's even close. They're in their own tier. So I get that with him, but um, yeah, he's been solid every other game, in my opinion. I mean, he's played back-to-back tough defenses with the Bills and Panthers, and even the Browns. I mean, the Browns had one bad week, but their defense has been solid. Um, so are they sticking with uh, Davis Mills when Tyrod Taylor comes back? Isn't he come back um, in a couple weeks? I have no idea what they do. I would feel bad for Tyrod if he gets hurt again, then he gets replaced again. That would be funny. <laughs> I felt really bad last year when it was the training staff who actually yeah. – I don't know. I think Davis Mills has a – I mean, you know, he finally showed what he can do in the passing game. They finally let him throw the ball more than 20 times. Um, and he seems to really like this guy in Chris Moore. And he's getting his slot receiver, uh, Danny Mandola, back, who's a really solid check-down guy. Um Who's like a hundred years old? It feels like. Yeah. Yeah. He's just I, been I around forever. I don't. And I think Dylan was talking about it earlier. I don't know if it's a joke, but before the podcast, he was saying he had Davis Mills in his GP, in a couple of GP lineups. I don't know if he's just joking about that, but. I mean, honestly, I don't mind it. If you're in large field GPPs, he's super cheap still. Him and Wentz are. I wouldn't mind playing either of them. Indy's defense has not been anything like what we thought it was going to be this year. I'm not that scared of it. Well, I'm not either. I mean, their run defense, I still would not attack it. Um, they pretty much slowed down the Baltimore running game, and Lamar kind of looked iffy running the ball with Darius Leonard on him the whole time. Um, but, yeah. Houston I mean, doesn't think, really have a running game anyway. They lost their they lost their 100 rushing yards, did they, or did they get it? No, they lost it. They lost it. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Yep. So well, they I haven't passed the ball, so yeah. I wouldn't down so much. Running backs, um, but obviously ever. Um, but Brandon Cooks is the guy I really like this week. Also from this Houston team, like I said, you're gonna have to pair someone Davis Mills up with someone. J.C. Jackson is a legit receiver. He locked Chris Godwin up in that game the entire game, um, and then he locked up Brandon Cooks last week. I mean, Brandon Cooks had no catches at halftime. I think he ended up finishing with like three. But, yeah, 3 for 23, which isn't great. But, again, he's played three straight tough matchups. He played, um, who was it from Carolina? Buffalo. 
Yeah, Buffalo with Tredavious White. Then he played J.C. Jackson. I think Carolina, he went over 100 yards, so he's been solid the other three games. Now he finally gets an easy matchup. Um, I think this is a great week for um, Brandon Cooks. His price is coming back down after a couple of bad weeks. Not terribly down, but he's only 6,500. He's the number one. Um, so I think he has a good week again. I can get behind the Cooks play just because of the simple fact that he's really, I mean, besides his Chris Moore dude, obviously, he's the only one there, really. I well, mean, Danny Mendoza's back, but yeah. Well, that's true. And then Chris uh, Chris Conley actually had a good game, but I'm very familiar with Chris Conley. He played with the Chiefs. He was actually drafted by the Chiefs out of uh, Georgia, right? Um, he, he's an okay receiver. He's, I mean, I think his best year with Kansas City was like 300 yards, but he's not the, like, don't follow the box score with, uh, Chris Conley. There's no box score. I mean, he's got two targets, one target, one target, four targets. He's playing 90. Well, didn't he? Ca- he caught a touchdown last game. No, well, the Rams lucky. It's probably his only point. That, 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 that's, that's just what I'm saying. Don't don't chase the box score on Chris Conley. He plays 90 percent of snaps, but he doesn't get targets. Uh, so, oh, it's just... uh, trust me, I'm very familiar with Chris Conley in Kansas City. He did the same shit. Well, Kansas City is different. <laughs> Kelsey and Hill there. I mean, now you just have Brandon Cooks and three 40 year old running backs. I don't know. Well, Chris Conley was there one before Hill. Um, he was there with uh, Kelsey when he, when Alex Smith was there, but it's you know it's Alex Smith. Who were you guys number one before Hill? I remember there was someone there before Hill. Yeah. Um. Then Dwayne Bow. Yeah. Uh, but that was a couple of years before Hill. Oh. I don't remember. All right, well, I think we're going way off track here. We don't need to talk about Kansas City right now. We'll get to that later. Um, but, yeah, any other thoughts <laughs> on Houston? Nope, I'm pretty good. So, too, all right, I think we're ready to move on to the next game, which actually is a pretty iffy one for me. It is the Green Bay Packers at the Chicago Bears. The over-under is at 44, and um, Green Bay is favored by six. Um, I'll let Dylan start this game off. I mean, I'm really iffy on this game, too. Historically, Rodgers owns the Bears. And, I mean, the Bears are doing better, but still haven't found their footing very well. I mean, you can target your usual suspects from Green Bay. I don't don't at all mind taking shots at Adams. I don't mind taking shots at Rodgers as a GPP quarterback if you pair him with Adams. I'm not super high on Aaron Jones. I I know he was limited a lot last week for practice. He's still going to play, though. I even saw somebody said they thought about playing A.J. Dillon. I mean, if Aaron Jones does come in and only play 50% of what he normally plays, Dillon's not a bad play at 5,400. But overall, I don't think I'm going to end up with anybody on either side in my lineup except for maybe a certain running back on the other side of the field because of price. Yeah, um, I I love Devonta Adams this week. I mean, his target—he's getting fifty percent of the fucking balls from uh, um, or from Aaron Rodgers, and his targets keep going up. Um, this guy is just the best athlete, and Chicago has no corners whatsoever. But I don't think I'm going to be able to get to him now. I had him originally, but with some injury news around the league, I don't think I'm going to be able to get to him. It's very sad, but again. Stuff happens. Got to make adjustments. It's whatever. I mean, his yeah. prices. His price is really high. I it can. Is. You can justify it, but 
you also can't guarantee that he's going to get 200 yards and a touchdown again. But I'm, I might be able to get to him, so we'll see. I mean, he could very well come out with 100 yards. It's still a good game, and Randall Cobb catch both the touchdowns again. I think Devontae had a touchdown last game, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. And I think Rodgers wants to just shit on the Bears. He hates the Bears. It's in, it's in Chicago. He loves shit on the Bears. I think this is another Rodgers-Devontae week for sure. Um, and I'll probably end up getting to him if injury news goes the right way. And another game we'll talk about here in a second. So he'll probably end up in my lineup if someone certain is is ruled out. But, um, but yeah. Um, you got anything else to add, size? Uh, from the Green Bay side, I mean, you know, obviously you can never go wrong targeting Devontae Adams, who's getting like almost 14 targets a game, obviously. Uh, but I, I'm I'm kind of with you guys, I think, you know, with his price and everything. I don't know if I'll be able to get to him because there's there's definitely other games that I do like, but I wouldn't fault anybody for taking a Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers in a GPP, especially with Aaron Rodgers' price only being 7,700. Um, you know, you could definitely do that, pay down at the running back position, still have plenty of money to go up to Kelsey or something like that if you guys wanted to do that. Other than that, I mean, on the Green Bay side, nothing else. But, um, like, on the Chicago side, we'll start it off. And I and I'll, I know exactly who Dylan's talking about. Um, that's Khalil Herbert, who's, a, I guess, he's a rookie this year, right? I believe so. He had uh, 18 carries last game. And he was he was technically the back backup, and with Damian Williams out this week due to COVID, he's definitely the one guy for Chicago that I'll be looking at um, at fifty five hundred. Because I mean that, so if you pay down in running backs, that can get you up to Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, or whoever you're trying to target as a receiver. So his price at fifty five hundred, like, and he's going to be the only guy there. Like I don't even know who their other running back would be. Him, and I'll tell you one more guy I like who I think uh, is going to benefit because I think they're going to be – I think Chicago's not going to win this game, obviously. I don't think anybody no. thinks Chicago's won this game. I, I can't believe the spread's four and a half, to be honest with you. Um, but I think Allen Robinson, you know, I mean, when the season started, when the season started, I never would have guessed his price would be at 5900 ever. And now you got Jair Alexander out, obviously. Um, like, he's got to come on at some time, right, Dylan? I mean, you would assume so, but out of all the guys that I've said, you need to make sure you have this guy somewhere because he's going to go off eventually. He's the only one who really has it. He's the only one who we haven't seen his target shares really go up. We haven't seen his snap count go up. We haven't seen anything change for him at all this season. Really weird. You know, I mean, it uh, sucks him, though because they're handy. They're really handicapping him with. Their quarterbacks, I mean, Dalton, you know, you're never really going to have high passing upside. Then it's like they're not letting Fields pass the ball much. They're ca- it's like they're capping them at 20 passes a game. It's kind of weird. Yeah, that, that's um, why I'd rather play a Herbert. Uh, as far as I know, the Bears didn't elevate anybody from the practice squad. So it, Herbert is their only running back on the roster, I believe. What, I well, they're going to have to activate somebody. Yeah. Uh, even – Whatever that is, I don't know. He's still questionable. I mean, I I, I don't think – I think they trust Herbert, obviously. (laughs) After after seeing what they did with Williams and Herbert last week, it's very obvious that they trust Herbert. They think he's going to do well. And I don't see them split the backfield. 
last game. Yeah, exactly. And I don't see them splitting the backfield like they did with Williams and Herbert because they're not going to trust the next guy down as much as they did Herbert. Yeah, right. So, I mean, I, I think Herbert is one of the must plays on the slate. He's going to give you value. And like Brian said, the, the Bears don't want to throw the ball more than 20 or so times. They don't trust Fields yet. They don't want to force him into throwing the ball 50 times to try to win a game. They're just going to pace him. So that means that the running backs are going to get the majority of work. Yeah. Now the Bear the Bears defense has looked good um here recently. I mean they you know, they beat they did beat the Raiders. Like they oh, did, the Raiders, they did beat the Raiders. Derek Carr looked off when it wasn't even Bears defense. Um he Derek Carr just couldn't hit his guys and before anyone says anything, this was before and step down. Things I thought, I thought the things were like settled down with all that um, email shit, and then they just like picked up big time on Monday. It's huge, you know. Yeah, and they try to get our boy Shefty, Adam Schefter. I mean, where would we get our news from? You know, we get it I straight from Mister Editor. Emails like that. If they really dug in, I think if they dug into Gruden, say, guys, they get that everyone. It's just not fair. Everyone's got private emails for, like Derek Carr said. Um, or someone said, I don't remember. I'm just thinking everyone's private emails. They feel a little more uh, concerned. Right. So, I mean, all three of us are in agreement, like, kind of uh, staying away from this game. We don't know how we feel about the game, except for Khalil Herbert. Right? Yeah. We're all in and Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is matchup proof, and he's getting 50% he, of the ball. I mean, he, there's only there's only five people. There's only five receivers getting 30% or more of the target share, and he's atop that list. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you have 8,500 on your last receiver spot, there's no reason at all not to play him. One thing I do want to point out, though, with Chicago is I think Justin Herbert, or not just Herbert, Jalen, oh, my God, Justin Fields, <laughs> I think he'll start passing the ball a lot more um, in the coming weeks. Um, I think by I mean, week he's going to have think, to. Oh, for sure, and this is what I'm going to say with that. Um after week 10, which is their bye week, they play Tampa, San Fran, and Pitt coming up. But after the bye week, they play Baltimore, Detroit, Arizona, Green Bay, Minnesota, Seattle, New York, and Minnesota. Those are all, like, great matchups. What I would do right now or after this week, if Allen Robinson shits the bed, trade for Allen Robinson in your fantasy league. You're going to get him at the lowest value you can get him at all season. I think week 11, he is going to be – wide receiver one in fantasy leagues. Not like, obviously, this season, but he's going to be having that production, I think, again, after week 10. I think they'll get, they're going to keep getting fields more loosened. I think some about 40, 50 times by week 11. And those, those should all be high-scoring games, um, all um, eight of them. So I would trade for uh, Allen Robinson in your fantasy leagues now. You're, you could probably just give up a bench running back and a bench wide receiver for him. Or if you're like me, you already have them in both your leagues. Oh, I have them too. So and, are, and, are, and, are, and are depressed. Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah, because he's on my bench not, right now. Yeah, it's not an Allen Robinson thing. It's wow. not his fault. It's just the Bears aren't passing the football. So. Yeah, I mean, when there's only 20 targets to go around, it's hard to produce at that high level. Yeah. For sure. All right, I think we're ready to move on to the next game. Yep. All right, the next thing we got on the clock is the Kansas City Chiefs at the Washington 49ers. Um, or the over under is at 54 and a half. 
and Kansas City is favored by six and a half. I'll let size start tomorrow. Are they playing the Washington 40? I just realized I said that. I, <laughs> that bad. I just realized so, I said that, but yeah. Uh, I don't know who, um, I don't know if everybody's listened to every single podcast, but Ryan literally says like a baseball team or a basketball team. I think it's hilarious, but um, Ryan's, Ryan's a good guy. He's, he does a lot for uh, the community. He does, he, he's been doing NHL, so. Here soon we'll get an NHL team reference, so <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. I don't know. They're sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> I'm voting for Kraken. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, so with uh, we'll start on the Kansas City side, obviously. Defense is trash, um, and that that's one of the reasons why um, the Kansas City offense is always – well, I mean, Kansas City's offense is always there anyway uh, to play in DFS, but even more so this year. Um, they just announced Chris Jones and Tardavious Ward is not playing. So what that means to me is Washington's going to score a lot of points. So what you'll want to do is play some Kansas City players. Um, one being, obviously, you know, you can always start with Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick Mahomes has the ability to throw 404 touchdowns every week. Uh, it doesn't matter the defense except for, obviously, the dude, the Bills. I, like, them playing the Bills, like, it shocked me how much, like, the Bills' defense has improved. Like, last year at Buffalo, you can run on them. They actually had a great game plan against Kansas City. Uh, but it, it's just really the defense for Kansas City that's really just downright dog shit. So, with that, I mean, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. The total is, like, over 55 or something crazy like that. So, uh, one play that intrigues me the most, because you got the obvious ones, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey. I think Travis Kelsey's a must play this week. I mean, the guy's really had two bad weeks. I mean, for him, you know, two bad weeks in a row. Um, I don't think he has a third for sure. I think he had what fourteen. He had fourteen points last week. I mean, that's that's okay. But the week before that, he had four. I think him in a high scoring game. I think he's more of a must play than Tyreek Hill at eighty seven hundred. You'll save the two hundred playing Kelsey. But one guy I'm looking into a lot this week, and I really do like him a lot, is Daryl Williams with Clyde Edwards Delaire out. Now, there's been reports out of Kansas City that um, they're going to try to get the backup running back a little bit more involved as well, which is Jarek McKinnon. But they're going to try to get him. They're going to try to do like maybe a two-featured running back and have him more in the passing game. So that kind of brings his stock down as far as like catching the ball for Daryl Williams. But at fifty two hundred bucks, I mean, what do you have to lose, honestly? You know what I mean? Like, how do you guys feel about the Kansas City offense going in this week without Clyde? I love this game. I could make my whole lineup with this game. You could play Heineke or Mahomes, whoever, and you could play Williams and Gibson and you could play McLaurin, Hill, Humphreys, Kelsey, and then you could have a flex with like I don't know. Ricky Seals Jones, and then just I don't know. You, I, I, don't don't forget Josh like, Gordon at fifty five hundred. Nah, he only nah, played ten nah. percent of the snaps. I guarantee you, this week he plays about forty. Yeah, but that's still not going to get me to get him. I'm just unless Tyreek Hill misses, I will not. He's not missing. Tyreek Hill's not missing. He they uh, Andy Reid said he expects uh, Joe Tooney and Tyreek Hill to be a go on Sunday. So. There's I that. hope Joe Tooney be going. That would not be good. Dude, he broke his hand, put it in a cast in the first quarter, and played the whole game, bro. That's crazy. Yeah. So, he's just a warrior. 
Uh, Dylan, what do you what do you like on the Kansas City side? Anybody? I mean, right now I have Kelsey locked into the majority of my lineups that I've already made, and I have a lot of Kelsey and Hill. I have a couple with Mahomes. The one guy I'm not jamming in as much as I thought I was going to is Williams. Well, that I think I think the news of Chubb being out kind of changed a lot of people's perspective as well because most people feel like, and we'll get to that game, but I feel like most people feel like they have to have Hunt. But a way that you guys can get away from Hunt, and especially large field GPPs, is do, like we've already talked about Herbert, maybe do a Herbert and a Williams running back and pay up at every other position. Because those two, I mean, Williams is 52 and Herbert was, what, 54 or 55 or something low like that? 55. 55. So, I mean, if you're paying 5500 and 5200 for your two running backs, you can most certainly pay up for your quarterback, your receivers, uh, tight end. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I was originally doing at the beginning of the week, but I think everybody was doing that, to be honest. And, I mean, for, I, I think paying – I think paying down with Herbert and then paying up for GPPs, paying up for your other running back and getting somebody other than Hunt is the best way to get different. Right. I think I think my favorite way to get different off a of Hunt isn't just paying down. I like playing another guy from the Browns that we'll talk about later. Gotcha. But, I mean, this is going to be just like every Chiefs game, a high-scoring game. So you can really play everybody, and everybody's going to get their volume. And this team, Washington does not have Buffalo defense. No, no, so, no. They used to last year. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea with scheme change or whatever may be the case. But uh, Darrell Williams did come in for Clyde um, last game against the Bills. Bills do have a tough defense. He had five carries for 27 yards. So that's, that's – he also had three um, receptions out of the backfield as well. So that also intrigued me that he was able to average five uh, 5.4 against the Buffalo defense. So him at 5,200, I don't mind taking – like I, I probably wouldn't use Darrell Williams in cash because I would definitely go hunt, obviously. But Darrell Williams in a large field, I would definitely put him in a, a couple of my lineups. Yeah, then we would not be talking about this at all. They used to have both Kareem and Daryl Williams. Those, those were fun times. Yeah, well, they also had Damien, too. I yeah. always got them confused. Damien and Daryl, like, you know, they was second and third. I'm like, dude, yeah. I, like, come on. Yeah. So, uh, I honestly... Yeah, I was going to say, I'm more excited for the Washington side. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of guys I like there, too. Yeah. Although, th- I mean, there's that. one guy, th- there's at least one guy that I have no clue how to feel about. On the Washington side? Yep. Is that AG? Yep. With his uh, shin bruise and ribs and whatever else he's got going on? Yeah, shin bruise and all that last week. He had 20 carries for 60 yards. I don't know what to me. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he didn't do good on a per-run basis, but they used him more than they've used him in almost any other game. Yeah. And they obviously trusted him enough to get him into the end zone twice. 
It, it yeah. makes no sense to me. When he's healthy, you barely use him. And then when he's hurt and you're saying he's going to have to play through an injury all season, you use him more than you used him at all. Yeah, that didn't make sense to me either. Especially when you got a uh, JD McKissick, who's I mean he's not a he's not a terrible back, but he's a, a durable back that you can use and use out. I mean he didn't really play much at all. Yeah, I mean none of it made sense to me. And I want to say that against Kansas City, you should absolutely play Gibson. But I mean the truth is he has a compression fracture in his shin. And he wasn't getting used much to begin with, so he might go back to that 12 and 13 touches and not get in the end zone twice. And, I mean, last week, even he did good because he got in the end zone twice. If he had gotten the end zone twice, he would have had a really bad day. New Orleans defense is tough, though. They're front seven. Oh, they are, but I think something like a compression fracture in your shin has to severely limit you as a running back. Yeah, I would think, but it didn't look that way. They still passed yeah, the ball 41 times, which I'll be honest with you guys, I think, um, and this is one of my favorite quarterbacks on the slate, um, is Heineke. I think I think he passes the ball 40-plus times this game, too. Oh, he's my favorite quarterback as of right now, and he's got that rushing upside, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah he's definitely got the rushing upside. In Kansas City, like I said, I, I've, I've been on this podcast telling you guys, they got – their linebackers are trash. I mean, so, out of the four games he started, he's had one game where he didn't rush for 20 yards or more. And that game he threw for 336 yards and threw two touchdowns. I, I mean, that's – there's nothing not to love about Heineke. Right. I, I mean, he could be the highest scoring quarterback on the slate. He could be, and I – and you guys, I saw a stat on uh, – so you guys know I've been more active on Twitter here recently. Um, I saw a stat, and if you got if you listen to the podcast, and I don't give you credit, I'm totally sorry. You can shout me out, yell at me on Twitter. But I saw somebody post a stat where um, 70% of the winners of the Millie has had the top-rated quarterback, has had the most uh, point quarterback. Last week it was Tom Brady. But 70%, that's that's huge. You want to try to find the top um, um, scoring quarterback, 70% of the time they win the Millie. Like, that, that's a huge number. And and more often than not, it's not the highest-priced quarterback. Right. Last week it was Tom Brady, like I said. And he was what, like, I mean, he was 8,000, I think. Yeah, he was, he was up there. He was like the fourth or third highest-priced quarterback. Right. But, I mean, there's a lot of good quarterbacks on the slate this week, and I I highly suggest playing multiple lineups and getting exposure to a lot of quarterbacks. But if you were playing one lineup and you asked me what quarterback you should play, I would say Heineke. For sure. I think you have to have pieces of this game. Like if you do Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey with uh, running back with Scary Terry, or you do Heineke, pair him with McLaurin, run it back with Kelsey. I think you've got to have some piece of this game regardless. Hopefully Scary Terry plays. Let's mention that. I think he will. Ron Rivera did state that it was just more of a caution. But um, if Scary Terry's not playing, I know, I'm know i pretty sure you guys feel the same way. If Scary Terry's not playing, I'm going away from Heineke. 
I don't I don't know if I'm going away from Heineke if Scary Carey doesn't play because the matchup's still super good. And kind of like Jalen Hurts, when I think he's in a bad matchup, he's going to better play because he's going to rush. I think if Heineke doesn't have open guys because he's missing his number one wide receiver, that he's just going to run the ball more. Well, I mean, that's that's like um, Scary Terry gets 11 and a half targets a game. Like he, like for me, his price against this matchup, again, and especially Charvius, Jardavius Ward is out for Kansas City. Like for me, Scary Terry's a must receiver this week. Like if you're going to take Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, you have to run it back with Scary Terry. Oh, have sure. And I'd also like to say that if on the off chance that Terry doesn't play, I know majority of people would go down to Humphreys, and which I don't mind. That's a great play. But they do also – well, they do also get their uh, rookie back this week. Diami Brown should play. And I, I would, would – somewhere else. Oh, I would take a shot on him at 4,600. If he's going I to be would, their number one or two guy against this defense, I would 100% take a shot. Oh, no. For, yeah, for sure. But I'm saying if Terry misses, the guy I'm going to go down to, and I'm going to play my flex, is actually their tight end, Ricky Seals-Jones. I mean, he's hot eight Which I like as well. 20% yeah, I don't, target share. Um, I don't mind that. He he surprised he me last week. I, I really didn't expect them to use him as much as they were Thomas, but they absolutely did. Yeah, at 5K, you're not losing much. But, um, yeah, I mean, you, you definitely want I, – I would say I, – I don't know about you guys. I, I would say you'd need at least three players from this game, at least. Yeah, I would, I think I would be inclined to agree. Because you're already going to have a quarterback and a wide receiver and a run back. I think you need to have at least two – I think you need to have at least four. Four. Four is good, though. Yeah. Just because both these defenses rank first or dead last and second to dead last. Yeah, I mean, I literally made a super flex lineup where the only I only played one spot that wasn't from this game. I have a super flex lineup going right now for this week that has both Heineke and Mahomes and everybody else from this game. I I think except for Herbert and maybe I might have played. Mark Andrews in my flex. I like it for sure. I really like the slate. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, the slate too, Ryan. I I really like the (laughs) slate. I think there's so many pieces that, you know, it's really going to come down for a lot of people, roster construction, and people don't even realize how much that takes in account. But roster construction is going to be huge this week. Yeah, for sure. All right, I think I'm we're ready to move on. I because I don't think Ricky Seals Jones will be owned at all. As a Chiefs fan, I hope Scary Terry misses too. Well, you I'm sure you do. The game. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. You guys suck this year, not even making playoffs. Uh, but, you know, uh, I saw a thing. I don't know if it was on Twitter, Facebook, or whatever. Uh, but a lot of people uh, ruled New England out when they started like this. And they end up winning the Super Bowl this year. So yeah, but just let me stay positive. Was is they had so much talent on the defense, they just had to get that together. You guys have zero talent right now on the defense besides Tyron Matthew, who literally is can't do it himself, obviously, because he's had his hands up in the air like First five all, times last game. Chris Jones is good. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So get him healthy and then talk. I don't. 
It's neck and neck on whose defense is worse, Kansas City's or Detroit's. No, I, I know I, I give you. I know I give you a lot of. I, I know I give you a lot of shit, but I think Kansas City's defense is worse. We we were able to stop. Uh, what's his face? I can't remember his name. Oh, Lamar. Oh my God! Today. Here we go. Um, here we. And go. we were able to stop last week. You know, that Vikings offense. So I don't know. We're we're gonna drug test. I'm just saying, <laughs> I, Kansas City hasn't been able to stop anyone at all. Like anyone. I I agree, hundred percent. Like they couldn't even stop Philly. They could stop like, me, and I'm I'm like way. They couldn't stop drunk Ricky right now. Jamarcus Russell would have been successful if this Kansas City's defense was around when he was playing. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma with this room. Kyle Kuzma. Oh my god. My Shanghai Shark legend. Yes. Jeremy Grant would finally be an MVP if he played against Kansas City. Dude, he's like he legit is the best player in both leagues. So good for him. Alright, I think we're ready to move on. We talked way too yes. much about this game, even though it's very well spent time wise. But um yeah, next game we got is Richie's favorite team. If you don't know Richie, he's in our Discord, and he's kind of weird sometimes. I don't know. But uh, it's his team. It's the Minnesota Vikings at his team, the Carolina Panthers. The over-under is at 45.5, and, and Minnesota's favored. Ugh. By 2.5. I would hammer the Carolina plus 2.5, or the Carolina money line for sure. I um, agree. Well, I let's mean, just say Minnesota- this. The uh, Vegas, Vegas lost a lot of money last week because a lot of the favorites won. So I'd be looking for an underdog this week, to be honest with you. Not only that, but Minnesota got shit on by Detroit's defense at home. The only guy who did anything was Justin Herbert, and I guess Madison was solid, I guess. But they only but put up Detroit like defense was elite. It is, for real. You know, you got guys like, um, hmm, I don't even know, the secondary – Tracy Walker, you know what's funny about him, actually? He actually ranks. He's the second best safety rank, or PFF grade-wise. Can't crazy him out. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. We spent enough time on this team. At home against Detroit, they only put up 17, which was – and they had to win on a game-winning field goal. And I don't want to talk about game-winning field goals. But, um, yeah, in Carolina – at home, their defense has been outstanding. They've had a couple off with the last two weeks, but they played Dallas's offense, and I forgot who else they played. Uh, Philly. Who Philly? They have a decent offense if Jalen Hurts can throw the ball. Um, but yeah, Minnesota. They just I don't know. Dalvin Cook being back actually makes me like him a lot less. I don't think he's going to be as good as he was the first. I think he's still injured. Um, like. I know he's injured because he's missing. He's limited practice by me. I think he's still injured to the point where he's not going to be the Dalvin Cook. We all know Dalvin Cook to be. Um, and Madison, he fumbled last week, so I don't think he'll get as much look. I think they'll actually look at – they'll still play him, but I think Amir Abdullah sees a little more usage than he usually would with these three. Um, and Carolina's defense, it's just at home. I think they win the game. I really don't like anyone from this Minnesota side at all. Maybe you can look at a guy like Adam Thielen, who I don't think will have another shitty week like he did last week. But you don't know. You can't play Dalvin Cook at his price either. And with being limited and Carolina's D-line, front seven being elite. Um, but yeah, the only guy I would probably look at from the team is Adam Thielen, so his price has kind of gone down to 7200 
that's about it. What about you guys? Yeah, I'm not high on anybody on this Minnesota side. Uh, for large field GPPs, if you want to take shots, I don't mind it. Cousins did pretty good his first few weeks, and then he went down the tubes. But, I mean, he could find it again. He's a decent quarterback. But, I mean, I'm not. I, I think after losing a couple games, Carolina comes back and smacks them right in the mouth. Yeah. I'm I'm in I'm in agreement with you guys. I'm not really on the uh the Minnesota, but I did see, you know, just diving into this a little bit and I think uh I think you've seen it too, Dylan. But um Dalvin Cook obviously has a high ceiling against anybody he plays, right? So a Dalvin Cook at seventy seven hundred over on Fandle and his ownership's probably only gonna be about three or four percent. I wouldn't mind taking a shot on him over on DraftKings at that price. Um you know, just to, just because of the low ownership and his high ceiling, if you're I mean, obviously multiple lineups, that's what I would do. That's the only time I would play Dalvin Cook. But anybody else, I you know, I'm not a big fan of. Yeah, I, I, I'm more interested in guys on this Carolina side. Sure, right. That's a great transition. So for Carolina, I think you can play all the usual suspects. I don't mind playing Sam Darnold. I don't mind playing DJ Moore. I really, really like Robbie Anderson this week, though. Uh, $5,500 is way too low a price for him. He's trending upwards. He's got 11 targets two weeks ago, seven targets last week. With McCaffrey out, he's going to continue to see higher targets, and it's only a matter of time before he has a real big breakout game now that he's actually getting the targets he should. And he's playing snaps. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm really, really high on him this week. I think it's a very, very good possibility that this is his breakout week, finally. And, I mean, I also really like uh, Hubbard this week. 6,900, still no McCaffrey. He touched the ball a ton last week. Almost 30 touches. No, actually 30. One, uh, one under. He had 29 touches last week. Um, I'm really high on him, too. I've got him in a couple lineups now. So, I mean, in terms of playing Carolina, guys, I think you can play most of them. Yeah, I think uh, Sam Darnold's price comes at 7,500. You could definitely play him. Um, DJ Moore at 7,600. He's definitely viable. I mean, Minnesota's defense doesn't scare anybody. Uh, I'm with you, though. If I, if I'm if I'm taking a shot on a Carolina receiver, I might as well take it on a Robbie Anderson at 5,500. And pay up at other positions because obviously he is due for a breakout breakout game. Um, but I mean, that, I mean that's the only the Carolina side of the ball is the only side of the ball we're looking at, right? I mean, Sam Darnold did have his worst performance last week, and unfortunately, I started him on in the uh, I think it was the one o'clock game. He just looked absolutely awful last week against that Philadelphia defense, but. I don't think he repeats that two times in a row. Sam Darnold is a, a really good quarterback. He's not a lead or anything like that, but he gets the job done. And I, I'm I'm just with you, Dylan. Uh, Robbie Anderson at 5,500. Let's go. Like uh, he's the targets are there. Snap counts there. He is trending upward. So I mean, he's just got to obviously catch the balls that's thrown to him. Um, which he, it, it's not that he's dropping it. It's just you know bad throws. But yeah, I'm all in not- on Robbie Anderson as well. Not to mention you're going to get super low ownership on him. Nobody's playing him. You're going to get sub 3% ownership on him. Oh, for sure. Oh, 
Yeah, I think you guys covered it all. I don't mind UJ Moore or Rob Anderson. I like Chubba Hubbard, too. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much we're spot on. Um, I think we're ready to move on. Uh, the yep. next game we got is the LA Chargers at the Baltimore Ravens. The over-under is at 51 and a half, and the Baltimore Ravens are favored by two and a half. I'll let Sai say this one off. So this is, uh, to me, another um, juicy game, I guess you would call it, because uh, both offenses, especially Baltimore's offense last week, seemed to click. Uh, Chargers' offense has just been great. We'll start on the uh, my favorite side of the ball. Uh, favorite side of the team would be the Chargers. Um, Justin Herbert, just he's just a monster. Like, that dude, and the Baltimore's defense is just depleted, basically. I mean, they're just all over the place. Um, 8,000 Justin Herbert. I love that guy, especially, I mean, his receivers, dude, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Like, Mike Williams has been on a whole nother level this year. Like, uh, and the reason being, this was last year with uh, Corey Davis, contract year for Keenan Allen. Uh, for some reason, these players tend to show out in the contract year. So I really love me some Mike Williams. He's really a matchup problem for defenders because he's 6'4", you know. Uh, but Justin Herbert is just a, um, just, I mean, he's just benefiting him, I like Austin Eckler this week. Unfortunately for Austin Eckler, he's just a PPR machine, obviously. He's just one of the best uh, right now. He's just on a whole nother level this week. I mean, last week for FanDuel, everybody knows he went for 30. He went for 28 the week before that. That dude is just getting better each week, getting more targets each week. So I really do love me some Austin Eckler. It's just that with Austin Eckler's price at 8400 you guys, I don't know if, like, I don't know if I want to pay up for running backs this week. How do you guys feel about uh, any of the uh, Chargers? We'll we'll start with uh, Dylan. Um, I absolutely suggest having some Chargers stacks if you're playing multiple lineups. I have a lot of Eckler. I have a lot of Williams. I have a lot of Keenan, and I have a lot of Herbert. Uh, I mean, their offense has been clicking very well. Herbert looks fantastic. And this Baltimore defense is not what it was. It does not scare me. At all. And, I mean, their offense has been good, so I think this game stays pretty close. Yeah, for sure. I like uh, um, I kind of like Keenan Allen more than Mike Williams because of price this week. And he, he gets more targets than Mike Williams. It's just like Mike Williams is a downfield threat. I can agree with that. I mean – I, I like Allen because that's generally going to be her go-to guy, but Williams has been fantastic this year. I really don't like his price, though. Yeah, he, he got thousand is a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd rather go five hundred to get um, Devontae Adams. Yeah, if I'm paying up that high, there's other guys I'd rather have. I do. Right. I do suggest having some exposure because we've seen Williams go off and he's certainly capable of it. But I, I don't think it's 100% that he does, and I would rather have the guy that's cheaper. Yeah, who has the sure. same upside. I agree 100% there. And one thing I do want to point out for GPPs is, like we said, the chalk is going to be playing down at running back this week. And we've already mentioned a couple of value wide receiver guys like um, Adam Humphreys of McFormis or a guy like Robbie Anderson, Michael, Michael Pittman. So to get different – 
pay down at wideout and pay up at running back to get guys, guy like Austin Eckler, Kareem Hunt, or we haven't talked about that. Um, you know, guys like Austin Eckler are running backs in that price range that you, that no one's going to play. And that's just you getting different already. You know, I still think Eckler is going to garnish a lot of ownership because of the last two weeks and Baltimore's defense. I don't think so. With the news that we, we're going to talk about a little later on and the two value running backs and Damian Williams or Daryl Williams and Khalil Herbert, um, I don't think he'll have much ownership at all, actually. Um, and you guys said you like, I think Jonathan Taylor gets some ownership with the way he's been playing. I don't think you're not going to pay up two. You're not going to pay up at two running backs, though. Like, if you take no, Eckler and Jonathan Taylor. To get Taylor, different in GPPs, for sure pay up at two running backs, because we've already talked about that value at wideout. Because who knows if I think, I think ownership is going to spread out because there's so many good running back uh, options this week. I mean, we haven't seen running back options like this in a while. I think Williams and Herbert are mega chalk. They're Running back ownership has been spread out the last couple of weeks. It's, I haven't seen a guy over 50% since, like, Alvin Kamara was in week two. Um, but, yeah, I just – I think no one's going to play Austin Eckler this week. I mean, it's a great play. I mean, he's in consideration in my cash lineup right now. If injury news goes away, that it might go. Um, just because of how high scoring this game is. I, mean, I think you need pieces from this game. I think you need two pieces from this game for sure in your lineup. I, if you, I don't think you can win any lineup this week if you do not have a piece from this game. So, um, yeah. Um, I'll let you guys continue. Any, any, any love on Cook? Oh, Jared Cook? No, not at all. Just, just no. I wouldn't. If you're playing double tight end, there's a guy we're going to talk about next on the other side for sure. And like I said, there's guys like Ricky Seals Jones, Travis Kelsey. I'd rather play those guys. And we'll talk about another guy here next. Um, I would not play Jared Cook. I'd rather play Ricky Seals Jones 100% around the same price. You know, as, well, you save, yeah, you save money, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I – go ahead. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, and, I mean, Jared Cook hasn't seen over th- – he's only seen over three targets twice, so. Right. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Jared, Jared Cook is basically one of those guys, like, if he has a great matchup, he could definitely take advantage of it. I mean, the dude's only scored, like – I mean, he's not one of the – I don't think uh, – with tight ends, like it's either you know you they gotta you gotta take the one with the better matchup and that's Seals Jones, right? Yeah, um, sure. Or you're paying up, or you're paying up for Kelsey. Like in in um in Las Vegas, we'll we're, get to that game later or whatever. Uh, that whole organization is just so fucked up, and Darren Waller is like I don't know the, what they're doing out there in Las Vegas. Like I'm not paying up for Darren Waller. If I'm paying up for anybody, I'm paying up for Travis Kelsey. If I'm not paying up for Travis Kelsey, I'm punting. Which just means, you know, somebody in that 5,000 or less category. Um, so, Jared Cook doesn't have the best of matchups this week. Uh, don't box score chase on uh, Mark Andrews because the Chargers defense is really good. And I'm not paying $6,300 for a uh, Mark Andrews when I can go down 1300 and get the Seals eh, Jones. I don't know about that. They have I'm been saying, really bad I'm, against I'm, tight ends this year. Really bad against tight ends. They're good against tight ends. Well, a couple of those games that it had Derwin James. They don't need Derwin James. Derwin Derwin James covers Travis Kelsey. Did did you stop Travis Kelsey? Huh? How much yards did Travis Kelsey have that game? Hardly anybody stops Travis Kelsey. Whoever. But Mark Andrews is not in the same category 
Uh, the Travis Eagles Kelsey, stopped Travis right? Kelsey. Oh, my God. I think Travis Kelsey stopped Travis Kelsey. Who knows, I mean, who knows there, what that dude was doing? Targets. I mean, Indianapolis, Darius Williams was on, or Darius Leonard was on them, like, 50% of the time. And through, I just think the way that Lamar's been throwing to Andrews lately at 6,300 and how bad the Chargers have been against tight ends. I mean, Darren Waller scored a touchdown last week during James' playing. They get it. They they're getting another receiver this week too. Yeah, Rashad Bateman will play more than fifty percent of snaps, and that would just hurt Devin Duvernay. So doesn't affect me at all. Oh, and no, actually, they're trading because Sammy Watkins is done. So, so you. So I'd like to, to point out that um, in terms of ownership, I wanted to look it up. You guys got me curious. This obviously isn't updated completely because it still has McCaffrey in here. But uh, early projections for ownership have Eckler as the highest owned running back. McCaffrey second, be. which obviously it's McCaffrey is not. Well. Yeah, it's not updated. It's still early projections. The third yeah, highest owned running back is – People tend to go to box scores, and they box score chase. And Eckler has been the hottest running back the last two weeks. So until he gets burned, people are going to continue to go to him. Let me finish, you fuckers. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. You fuckers. I'm, I'm letting you go. <laughs> the third highest running back is DeAndre Swift. Yeah, that's so false. Yeah, I don't know what you're looking at. That thing is so wrong. I mean, you have Daryl Williams, Khalil Herbert, and we'll talk about a guy. I'm just going to say his name, Kareem Hunt now. So it's definitely not updated. because No, it's not. Like I said, it's early and it needs updated. But DeAndre even Swift early projections. The third highest projected. That's just false. No. <clears throat> Even early projections have only have Daryl Williams as the fifth highest. So take out McCaffrey, that makes him fourth. Well, Williams, we all Antonio Gibson. Everyone knew because Clyde got hurt in the game. Everyone knew, but yesterday was the Khalil Herbert news, and then today was obviously Nick Chubb news. So those two are totally going to change it. And with Kareem Hunt being another kind of a pay up running back, that's going to take ownership a lot of actually a lot of ownership away from Austin Eckler. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. But guys like Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor is only 5%. No one ever plays Jonathan Taylor, ever. I never see him high on I don't think he's ever Well, he doesn't get that many carries for whatever reason. And, I mean, you can't really count. Like, I know I like Jonathan Taylor, but you can't count on the fact that he's going to get three receptions for 115 yards again. But he's in a very good matchup this week. first play from scrimmage basically got him his – I mean, he ended up with 30 and his stupid – one other, one more point ruined me from winning a couple grand, but that's not the point. Um, he basically had a quote, 15 of his 30 FanDuel points on the first play, and he did end up scoring again on like a two-yard touchdown run. So really, he only got seven true FanDuel points the rest of the game after the first play, which does scare Frank me. Right people, are gonna box for, no, people are going to box for chase that. I don't think John Taylor did much. He was a beast on the first drive, but after that, he did nothing. If he didn't score. That 80 yard touchdown, you're not, we're not talking about John Taylor at 7,500 this week. That's just my opinion. Oh, I agree, but he still is trending upwards touches wise. Oh, for sure. But I, I, I he just, is getting used more like the way he should. 6,800. I would not. Like, I just need to see more from him. You know, I need to see assistance from him. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when you see two touchdowns, right? Like, 
you got to take that one touchdown away with yardage-wise because that was one play 80 yards that legit was a free touchdown. And granted, yes, you can't do anything about that, but that was the first play of the game. He didn't do shit after that. He got a lucky two, and I'm just going to say lucky. It's obviously he scored. Everyone gets these, but a two-yard touchdown. That's six more points. Like, he didn't do anything on the ground. They're really in the receiving end the whole entire last, like, 40 minutes of the game. So, that's what, that's what, that's what scares me off him a lot. And he's only playing I, I 60% still, of snaps. I still think if he's at 5% ownership at 7,500, for GPPs, that's a great play. Oh, for sure. Play Eckler and John Taylor, for sure. I love Austin Eckler. Yeah. I'm going to try to find him in way into my build. For sure, right now, not right now, but this by before Sunday, he will probably be in my lineup. And I'm going to play one and, or the other of Cleo Herbert and Daryl Williams. And to get back to what Sizemore was saying about Andrews, absolutely chase Andrews, dude. His his target share has gone up. I don't think Rashad Bateman takes anything away from him because they're going to ease him in. I love Andrews this week. I love him, too. But I just don't know if I can He is my number two tight end. He's in my he, flex spot right now. He's my number two right now, but there will be another guy number two if we get some news. And I we talked about I'll say it. Ricky Seals Jones. McLaurin's out, Ricky Seals Jones is my number two option. But I, I like that, but I think McLaurin plays. Oh, I know. That's what I said if McLaurin's out. No, we've seen some things like last week that you all thought Dalvin Cook was gonna play. And I was the one that said he wasn't and look at that. No, I didn't say I think he was going to play last week. I said if he does play, I'm not playing. I don't know. All right, whatever. It's fine. We spent way too much time on this game. I think we got everything out. Is everyone good? Any final thoughts? Yeah, I'm good. All righty. Um, the next game we got is the Cincinnati um, Bengals versus the Detroit Lions. The over-under is at 47, and uh, Cincinnati's favored by three and a half. Um. I really like this game a lot on the Cincinnati side, for sure. Um, I don't know about Joe Mixon. He was one of my favorite plays coming into the week. But then I saw that he's kind of going to be limited or something. I forgot what the report was. Let me read that real quick. He's still no, questionable. He's to handle a normal workload. Yeah, normal workload. I don't know what that – like, that's what scares me off, a normal workload. I don't know what that – like, is that, like, 10 carries or, like, what he had last week? I don't – you can't play Joe Mixon with that news at 7K – Especially when there's a guy that we all know about, we'll talk about here in a little bit, at the same exact price. Um, you just can't. He was one of my favorite plays going into the week when I thought he would, you know, be the guy. Because Detroit just sucks against the run. But when you see a normal workload, you don't know what that means. I mean, maybe it's 20 carries. If he has 20 carries, he's going to smash. 100%. But I don't know what that means, like, normal. Um, so, and obviously... It's, it helps that Samaj P. Ryan's out because they have to use him more. That's also kind of a bump to Chris Evans. Um, so we'll see. I like Joe Mixon this week, but there's obviously guys better. I would throw him in a couple of GPP lineups because a normal workload, you know, it could mean just his normal 20 carries a game. And Detroit is ass against the run. So for sure. Okay, guys, hold up. If we're recording this um, on Friday, obviously. And last night, I almost took down an MLB contest, right? Um, so today, I have Carlos Correa at my MVP. We're going to talk a little baseball here on this little podcast. And he just hit an absolute missile. And I have Altuve at my star and Correa at my MVP. So now Correa just homered. 
Um, so we're looking good in baseball too. You know, join the Discord. We do every sport, every sport. You know, whatever you can think of, even League of Legends. Because you know, Dylan's a League of Legends pro. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have Correa as my star. Yeah. So somebody um, in the Discord said future Yankee hit a home run. Yeah, it's nice. If you the Detroit Tiger, he can go suck <laughs> it. Gosh. Carlos Correa, everyone listen to the podcast. We are recording this on October 15th. Whenever in free agency is over, by April 1st next year, Carlos Correa will be wearing number one for the Detroit Tigers at Comerica Park opening day. Actually, I think they're playing opening day in Seattle. But same thing. You would have never guessed Ryan's from Michigan. No, you would never. You know, I'm obviously a Lions fan. And a piston. Oh, you guys just, you would love my Discord conversation. Just join it. It links on our Twitter, links everywhere. Just join the Discord. Trust me. Um, it's, it's, right. it's awesome. Back to football. <laughs> Back to football. We were talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. I am not that in love with Jamar Chase as I was earlier in the week. Only reason I'm going to say that is because Detroit's defense against the pass has been really good this season. Really good. They rank, um, Top 10 in the league in, against QBs, wide receivers, and tight ends. And with the Joe Burrow throat injury, it's not exactly going to affect him much, but I still think it affects him a little bit. Um, I don't know. I don't like Jamar Chase at 8K with this tough matchup. It's not really a tough matchup. I do like the matchup. But Detroit just shut down Adam Thielen. They shut down – I'm trying to remember who they played the week before. They actually they held Devontae Adams to a decent Devontae Adams workload, whatever, you know. Too much. They shit on Chicago. They shit on Baltimore, and they. Shit, I mean, Debo Samuel went off, but Debo Samuel has gone off against everyone. But they've been good against every team. So I don't know. I like Jamar Chase, just not at his price anymore, especially with news. I I had Jamar Chase earlier in the week. Um, I still don't mind him, but I just think there's better plays. Um, I'd rather really play 200 more for a Mike Williams, or you know, even go up to Devontae or. I would just play someone else in this range. Um, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, you can't play either of them. It's one or the other um, every week. Um, and Uzuma had one good week, and he sucks. So that's about it from the Cincinnati side. You guys got anything else? I, I just want to point out that even if Mixon was healthy, I'd still be iffy on him because the one game he's really smashed, he touched the ball 33 times, and Cincinnati hasn't given him that since. I mean, the most he's touched the ball since week one is 22 times, and I don't think he's going to come anywhere near over 20. So uh, even if Mixon was healthy and he had full practices all week, I still wouldn't be high on him. I mean, Cincinnati side, you you can take shots on Chase. I, I think he's good at 7,800. I mean, he's you could definitely do a lot worse. He's done. Yeah, he's been sure. fairly. He's been fairly consistent. A lot more than most of us thought he was going to be going into the season. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't mind taking shots on him, but I don't think he's going to land in my final lineup. Before before all the news came out about these running backs, I absolutely loved uh, Joe Mixon uh, if he was healthy. Obviously, uh, with him not being hundred percent. I'm not as big on him anymore. I mean, the guy, I mean, he literally only played 28% of the snaps, 69, 74. Um, the last three weeks, obviously, he's been a little banged up. But 
it's put up or shut up week for Joe Mixon, I think, this week. If he, cause he's, he has like, I think he's like top three in touches, if I'm not mistaken, for running backs. Like, I think he has 93 attempts or something crazy like that. He is the Bengals offense, really. I mean, they, he helps them when he's healthy. He helps them go a little bit. Uh, and this is Detroit's run game is terrible. And, uh, don't mm-hmm. listen to, don't, don't listen to Ryan about the pass game for Detroit. They've allowed a 100 yard receiver every single week. You just got to figure out which one it is, right? Dino yeah. put up a hundred eighty nine. Number two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm with you. I'm, I'm. Me, me and you're going on this so ride it's together. It's going to be Higgins or Tyler Boyd this week. So, and you can't play either of them really. So, well, the number one receiver was Debo. He put up a hundred eighty nine. Well, Debo was first the number. It was the first game of the season. No one knew that Debo was going to fucking have season to have. Well, Brandon Ayuk didn't play that game, or he, I mean, he no. didn't show up that game, or whatever he did. But, but Jeff Okuda uh, was also on the entire game. He's ass. This is this is this is why I would stay away from the Bengals receiver is be, receivers because they got three. Yeah, Detroit's pass game is solid. Like Moon, Mooney Mooney was the receiver who got a hundred. Obviously Devontae Adams he gets hundred yards receiving on any anybody he plays. That so, was I mean, a he, terrible game though, and he got fucking garbage time points. So I don't want to hear it. It all counts. It, it all does counts. count, but soon. it all counts. You know, it, it definitely all counts. Worst game of the season. I just say all that because the only person that benefits from it is Joe Burrow at 7,400. Like, if there's one player I was going to play from this Cincinnati side, it'd be Joe Burrow. Because I think, I think we're all surprised how well Joe Burrow's played this year so far, like early on, anyway. Yeah. Um, Joe Burrow has been calm, cool, under pressure. Um, now, I live in Cincinnati, uh, if you guys don't know, um, out there in the podcast, but, um, a lot of hype, you know, that Bengals fans were mad that they lost to Green Bay. They think they should have won, but let's be real. If Mason Crosby makes his 17 field goals, they 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 wasn't going to win. But me me and Dylan did say that that Bengals would cover three and a half points. Uh, Dylan even called they might even win. So they did cover the three and a half points. Bengals are better than expected. That, that game, I, I think the I think the NFL should just canceled it. That was so bad to watch. Like fifty missed field goals in a row. Yeah, oh, that, was, that was Oh, that was terrible. And Mason Crosby is usually a a you know decent kicker, obviously throughout his career. But I, honestly, if there's one person I'm taking on the Cincinnati side, I think it's Joe Burrow because I think he's the one that benefits the most. Out of having all those three receivers, um, and at seventy four hundred bucks, uh, he's not going to garnish much ownership as well. So if you're making multiple lineups, he's not in my top three or top five quarterbacks. But I wouldn't mind him if you played him uh, just on ownership. And Detroit's Detroit's not that great to be honest. Throwing five for a reason, but I it, to Ryan's defense, Ryan to Ryan's defense, you know they did have a couple bad breaks, sixty six yard field goal and. You know, the Vikings just won. I mean, Dan Campbell, dude. Dan Campbell, if you're a Detroit Lions fan out there, other than Ryan, don't feel bad. I think Dan Campbell has his team, even though it doesn't look like it, at 0-5. I think he has the team and the organization heading in the right uh, right direction because uh, he doesn't give up on his team. He's very emotional. Like, he's crying the other day. Like, I, there's not one coach in the NFL other than uh, Andy Reid that I want to win more than Dan Campbell right now, to be honest not Urban Meyer. Yeah, I agree. Dan Campbell has done much better than I expected him to this season. He seems to be a really good coach. Yeah, for sure. 
Maybe ready to move on to the Detroit side here. Um, and we're done. Bengals have kind of been iffy on running backs and wide receiver this week. They've been really good against tight ends and quarterbacks. I don't know what's going on with TJ Hawkinson. The first two weeks, he was like, best tight end in the league. Then all of a sudden, he's not getting any targets. I don't know what's going on. Because um, he's still running the routes. It's not like he's sitting there blocking like the reports were. No, he's only been blocking like 2% of the plays. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him. He's out there running routes. I don't know why Goff's not throwing the ball. Anyone, I don't know. But um, obviously the big news is Quintus Cephas, their number one wide receiver, is out for the season with a shoulder injury. So that bumps up Khalif Raymond, Khalif Raymond and Amandra St. Brown. A lot of people are are like Amandra St. Brown. My favorite guy is actually Khalif Raymond. He's been seeing a lot of the red zone targets from Jared Goff. The last couple of weeks, even with Quintus Cephas, so I think this is a big boost to Khalif Raymond. Um, obviously, Amandra gets a boost, but I think the biggest impact guy is Khalif Raymond. Um, you know, he's been seeing thirty-four. He saw thirty-four percent of the target share week. He didn't really see much last week, but Detroit really didn't get anything going past until the second, until the last two minutes of the game. So, um, but yeah, I really like Khalif Raymond. I don't know his price. I think it's yeah, fifty one hundred. I'd rather I'd rather play Khalif Raymond than Amanya. That's just me personally. Um, but yeah, DeAndre Swift. A lot of people like DeAndre Swift this week. He's not bad. Um, but again, Jamal Williams is there. You know, they're playing both of them. I mean, Swift snaps are going up every week, which is nice to see. Up to seventy five percent last week. He's seen six targets in the passing game. He's seen eleven carries. Not a bad play. I see his price is going down too. He's only seventy one hundred now compared to where he was at. So I don't mind him, but I again I like other running backs a lot. Um, I'll let you guys continue. I I agree with you there. If you want to take shots at these cheap wide receivers, I can't fault you for it. I honestly consider Tate Brown, uh, and. If you want to take shots on Swift or Williams, just like every week, you really can. I mean, they both get a decent amount of touches for their prices. And they're both high upside guys. I don't mind taking shots at either of them. I still don't mind taking shots at golf for large field GPPs. As cheap as he is, you can build a really good lineup around him, and he's a high upside guy. I mean, week one, he scored 30 Fandle points. That's probably his ceiling, and if you get thirty Fanduel points out of him at sixty nine hundred, you're going to be very happy. He's not he's not one of my top guys, but for the price, he could be the uh, the best value quarterback on the slate. Very bold, Dylan. Very bold. <laughs> Did he just say Jared Goff? <laughs> the highest scoring QB on the slate? <laughs> no, I said the highest, the best value. Oh, <laughs> I definitely heard high scoring. I don't know that's what, what I thought he said. Yeah, I appreciate mean, what you said. Was high scoring. I said the best value. I'm pretty oh. positive that's what you said. Even Ryan was like, "What?" No, I don't. He's got, think Jared, in any, he's got Jared Goff MVP. I don't think any situation I see Jared Goff being the highest scoring on the slate, but for 6,900, he could absolutely best be the best point-per-dollar guy. 
Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Bengals defense. Bengals defense has been a lot better than I expected it to be, but it's still not a top defense. No, yeah, no, I mean, they did, they, they did contain, um, I mean, even though Devontae Adams had a major game, nobody's really containing Devontae Adams, to be honest. I mean, they still held, um, you know, Green Bay <laughs> 25 points. Oh, my God. Please make it stop. I'm joking. I think we can move on. I mean, you guys are the ones that keep talking about Jared Goff being the highest point of dollar. And... No, 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 no. no not you guys. <laughs> so I think I'm mean, right. Hold on. <laughs> Hey, it's not hard yeah. to be highest points per dollar when you're only sixty nine hundred. Uh, well, Heineke's I mean, only Heineke's more. only four. Yeah, only four hundred more than you. Yeah, I know I am. So I mean, that is kind of a high. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, for, for for me though, it's uh, DeAndre Swift or nobody else. To be honest with you, TJ, I love TJ Hawkinson. I feel like he should be well more involved into the uh, the uh, offensive scheme. But at sixty four hundred, I'm not playing Hawkinson the way he's been not getting the ball. So it's really only Swift for me, but um, honestly, man, uh, I'd rather pay down than to get Swift. That's all yeah, I, mean, I think. The target Swift's been getting, you just can't play him at that price. No, not at all. Jamal Williams is out carrying him every week. Like he gets more rushing yards, or well, not rushing yards, but more rushing attempts. It's just, yeah, you know, Swift's used Swift's a little bit used more out of the backfield than uh, Jamal Williams, but I mean. I, if, if DeAndre Swift was getting 15 carries a game, and on top of his targets per game, like I would love Swift a lot more, but he's he's just not getting that for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Swift's another one of those guys that if he got the touches he should get, he has RB one upside. He's a very talented running back. Oh yeah, you seen that in week three when he got 21 uh, total carries and receptions, like he had 20 points like he's definitely capable you know he's I think he's priced about right too you know at 7100 it's not like he's like overpriced or anything it's just that he just doesn't get those attempts yeah I I would really like to see him have a game where he a couple games in a row where he consistently has 20 touches now if Jamal Williams is out this game I'm 100% loading DeAndre uh, Jamal Williams is in the season. He's been questionable for the whole season, so. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, so is Swift, too. I mean, it is, it is what it is. Yeah. All right, I think we're ready to move on. Yeah, the next game we got in the slate is the L.A. Rams at the New York Football Giants. The over-under is at 49.5, and, and the Rams are favored by 8.5. Um, Dylan, I'll set this one up. I really... I want to like the Rams here a lot, but I think this game could blow out very easily. If Daniel Jones, well, he's playing, he's cleared, but with their number one, yeah, with the majority of their receivers being out, with Saquon being out, I mean, this Giants team has been pretty pretty bad and I could see this being a real quick and easy blowout I the guy I'd be highest on is Henderson honestly I could see him getting a lot of uh touches just because I I see the Rams being up most of the game but if you think this game stays close at all I like any quarterback against the Giants so I love Stafford against them 
I could see him putting up big numbers. And I really, really like Robert Woods this week again. I I still think he's underpriced. So I, I have a good bit of Robert Woods shares this week. And I think Cup, if you think the game stays close, I think Cup could be a good play. But he's extremely high priced. And I think I'd rather pay down for Woods. And I guess I don't mind Higby either. He His targets are inconsistent, but he does a lot with what he gets. You guys want to add on? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not fascinated with the Rams this week just because of who they're playing, like, I'm with you. I think the game could potentially be just an absolute blowout. Like, I think Matt Stafford can still do well against this Giants team, but there's just much better plays at the quarterback. Um, so I, mean, I wouldn't blame you if you paired Stafford and Woods up together, 7,900 and 6,900, you know, um, because obviously Cooper Cup's 8,200. I mean, you could definitely go him as well. Uh, but I, I do like Daryl Henderson. But at 7,300, again, I'm, I'm, I, I just think. You know, even though Daryl Henderson's a great play, I just think all the running back news that we had, there's much better plays this week than Daryl Henderson. There's guys that I think are better plays, but I think Henderson's a very high ceiling play for this week, and it's a very different play where you're going to get really good ownership on him. Do you think he, like, because last game he only played, you know, 66% of snaps, him and Sony Michelle obviously are, I, I wouldn't say splitting the carries, you know, but. Well, he did come into the game limited last week. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, he comes into the game healthier this week, so I think he gets more snaps, more runs. And he still had 17 last week, so. Well, at the end there, he wasn't doing so hot at the beginning. Well, he came out. I believe he ran. Did he run a big run? He came out for injury in that game. For one drive, uh, and that's that, that is, that's when yeah. they started splitting their snaps. But I believe, like one of his runs was—I mean, he had a couple back-to-back big runs or something. I don't remember what it was, but because I I actually bet at the over on Daryl Henderson, I think it was like sixty-five yards because Seattle's defense sucks. But he twenty-nine yarder he ran. But I was kind of like when he got hurt, I was pissed off. Because I remember him on the sidelines, and I was like, "Dude, you can't really make this shit up." And then he came back. I forgot. I forgot all about that. You're right. Daryl Henderson has so, been better than than expected this year, to be honest. I expected him to do very fairly well. I like Henderson. I think he's doing better. I, I like you know. I liked Acres a lot, and I like almost any running back in a McVay system. They generally do fairly well. Yeah, I really like Daryl Henderson this week, also. Again, getting different. Play guys like Austin Eckler, Daryl Henderson. No one's going to have Daryl Henderson. Play those, play, play, play up at running back. That's how you're going to get different this week. Yeah. I, I get, I'm 100% behind it. Henderson play this week. At 7,300, he could very well win you a, a nice chunk of change. For sure. All right. I think we're uh, ready to move on. Or did you guys already talk about the Giants side? No, we didn't. 
There's really much to talk about, though. You don't really want to play a Devontae Booker at 60 or 5,900, even against this Rams. I mean, the Rams' defense line, it's just, it's really good. You don't really want to play a Devontae Booker, um, who's never really been that good in his career. Um, he did have 16 rushing attempts last week. The Cowboys, they're not very good against the run. Um, yeah, don't let really get touchdowns for you. He scored two. I thought he scored one. I thought he scored two. I thought he scored a rushing and a receiving touchdown. He did. Oh, yeah, he did. Oh, so those were, yeah, 19, 19 of his points right there to that. So, I don't think it yeah. happens again at all. And Darius Tony, I don't think his don't, – don't chase that. Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton are both back this week. Um, Any point to someone, so be cautious of that. Um, yeah, that's about it for me. I'm not really high on this um, giant side of things. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too high on them. I, I like this Rams defense. It hasn't been great against the pass, but it, it's still solid enough. I, I don't see the Giants doing much to this team, especially since I know Slayton and Shepard are back, but they're both still going to be a little slower than they were before they got hurt. Ready to move on? Unless you guys got anything else to add. No, I'm, I'm with you guys. There's nothing I like from this game. If you're going to pay down for Dev- Devontae Booker at 5,900, you might as well go down further than that and go to Herbert or Williams. For sure. Yeah, I agree. All right, next game we got is a little weird. It's uh, the Arizona Cardinals at the Cleveland in- or Cleveland Browns. The over-under is at 48-and-a-half, and the Browns are favored by 3-and-a-half. Um, yeah, I really like both sides of this game. Offensively, they're fun. The Browns are favored. Oh. Yeah. Is that what you said? Wow. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, obviously, you got Coach Cliff Kingsbury out and Nick Chubb out. Cleveland is the number one rushing offense, and Arizona is almost dead last against the run. So. You know, you got Kareem Hunt, who's a really good running back, and he's been fucking playing good by only playing 40% of the snaps. Now he's playing probably 80 to 90% of the snaps at only 7K. Smash spot, you would need to absolutely have Kareem Hunt. If you don't have Kareem Hunt, you're not winning anything this week. I'm sorry. You know, unlike Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt gets work in the passing game, too. He gets six to, he gets like five, four to seven targets each week, um, even with Jarvis Landry coming back this week. It, I don't think it's that big of a deal. For Cream Hunt, they're just going to continually run the football, um, and Cream Hunt's only playing, going to be playing eighty percent of the snaps. He's smashing value at 40 percent of the snaps. When you see him at eighty percent of the snaps, this guy is a stud, an absolute stud. And Cleveland loves using their running backs. I do think they don't run it as much. But he will still get more usage than he has been, just because Nick Chubb is out. Um, but, yeah, it's probably just Kareem Hunter bust for me. With Jarvis Landry back, you can take shots on him. I think they try to ease him in. Um, Landry's not back yet. He might be. But it's not. I think he plays. If he does play, I, I'm off everybody except for Hunt yeah, on the Brown sure. side. But if he doesn't play, I really like taking shots on OBJ just to get off a of Kareem Hunt chalk. I guess. I just don't. I just need to see more from Odell. 
I mean, I, I agree. Think I need to see more from Baker to Odell. I don't think it's all Odell. Well, Odell had seven targets week four, and I know Baker had a couple bad throws, but Baker's, still. Baker's terrible. He's not terrible. I, I, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not super confident in Odell. Baker's a I really good quarterback for Charles Landry. I agree. Just wait till Landry's back. Think, Baker's in the I think Landry's. Landry. I honestly think at this point in their careers, Landry's better than Odell. I don't think Landry's better than Odell. They're just two different players, and the way Baker plays the game doesn't fit Odell. You know, Odell, he's a deep guy, kind of like an, an Baker's a fast thrower, really hard. He's probably one of the fastest throwers in the league. He throws a really nice ball, but that's good for like medium passes, short passes. That's what Jarvis Landry specializes. He's really good at yeah yards after catch. And Odell, you know, you need to go up, and people know that, and they start doubling him. And Baker, you know, you can't just throw it. Because people are gonna, you just you, you gotta think too much, and he tries to overthrow it with Odell. He tries to overdo it with Odell. I think they need to trade him. I think he's a distraction. Baker is a top. I think he's a top ten quarterback in this league. We saw it last year without Odell. He's a what? You heard me. Top ten quarterback in this league, and I'll say it, and I'll stand behind it. He led that Cleveland team to the playoffs last year, no doubt, and he won that game against Pittsburgh, no doubt. Like, top 10. Yes, in my opinion. With Jarvis Landry instead of Odell. For sure. Without Odell. With Odell, though, he tries to do too much, in my opinion. With Odell. And I just think they need to trade him. And Odell is still a good wide receiver. I think he'll benefit from a guy like Matthew Stafford or Patrick Mahomes or, you know, a guy that likes to throw the ball deep. Who are you taking out of the top 10 to put him in the top 10? Name your top 10 and I'll tell you. Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. Yep. Tom Brady. Yeah. Josh. Are you saying Baker Mayfield is better than Tom Brady? No. Okay. No. Um, Josh Allen. Yep. Um, Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray. Yep. Matt Stafford. No. Justin Herbert. Yes, and I think Baker is number ten. You think he's better than Matt Stafford? Oh, for sure. Wow. Baker has had less than Detroit had in a couple seasons. He led that team to the playoffs. Baker, or Stafford did lead him, but he couldn't win him a game. Not even win Lions a playoff game. He's a good brother season guy, yeah. But when it all comes down to football about winning, it's Baker all day. He's a winning quarterback. You know, he turned that Browns franchise around. You yeah. think he could take him to a Super Bowl? Oh, for sure. He can't beat a, he can't beat a good quarterback though. His two losses he, came against he, Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. You think he's going to beat Josh Allen? He, he, did, he, did, beat, he, he did everything he did everything he could against. Beat, he did everything he could against the Chargers. They didn't have one turnover. Their defense could not make one stop. Chiefs. That's not on him. That's not on, on him. Everyone has bad games. What did Mahomes do against the Bills? He, he's not going to be. He's he's not going to be the guy to take him to the Super Bowl. He's yeah, a bona fide. Sure. He's a bona fide. He should have had Alex them in the championship game last he, year. He's a bona fide Alex Smith. No, not not at all. Baker Mayfield in his 100%. third season almost took the fucking Browns to the championship game, but not the Super Bowl, the AFC championship. Just saying, this is the guy that thinks Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. So I mean, he's a good quarterback. He's a good fantasy quarterback. Oh, I can agree. Two with different sides. Okay, every side. Well, I can. Agree. I, I agree with that. But Baker, Baker Mayfield is not one of them. But I no I okay you know what I do think Hurts is solid. 
More than people. Hey, you can make an argument. Good. Baker Mayfield is top fifteen for sure. No, I'm, I'm, I'm all, I want to talk about Jalen Hurts real quick. I think Jalen Hurts needs a lot more credit than he's given. His O line is so bad, and they don't let him scramble. They want him to step <laughs> up in the pocket. And when he scrambles, you see he makes plays a lot. And his touchdown numbers should be way up. I mean, you know how many plays they've been called back for? How many touchdowns have been called back on them? You know, I think Baker Mayfield definitely benefits from the fact that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt run all over defenses. Oh, and right. the defenses like have to play up. Just, exactly. just, like Ryan, just like Ryan Tannehill. You think he's a good quarterback? He's solid. But like he, I said. Yeah, he's, he's all right, but he's not leading them to a, a championship. No, he's not. But Baker, he couldn't win a playoff game last year. But Baker did. He went in and beat Dylan Steelers when Ben played decent. I mean, Ben was decent last year. Steelers' defense was number one in the league last year. He went and shit on that defense. I'm just going to say, nothing against it, but like I said last week with Joe Mixon, to win games, you need to establish the run. To make teams do that's what Michigan is doing. That's what Michigan State's doing in college. You see them running all over people. I mean, the Bills are an exception, but every other team is doing it. The two, the the last two Super Bowl champs, did they establish a run? Kansas City. They don't need to. Kansas City, them. Kansas City, and Tom Brady. They got Tyreek. Uh, <coughs> <just> outruns everybody. <coughs> I, I know, but with those two teams, we're getting way off track here. We are, but the Browns don't have a playmaker like the Chiefs do. But the, the, the fact is, the last two Super Bowl champs did not establish a run whatsoever. But. No, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette was beast in the playoffs. Don't even say he had like over 100 yards every game. In the playoffs? Yeah, in the playoffs. Playoff lane. That's how you guys nickname. I don't know about that. We'll we'll figure that out. You can go look at that. Oh, we will. We will. I mean, I did say in the AFC podcast, because everybody was down on the Browns, I did say in that when we was breaking down the divisions, I think the Cleveland Browns have. What, what is needed to beat a team like Kansas City. I think they have a good defense, which that got exploited bad last week against the Chargers. Like, that's why I think Justin, Justin Herbert, dude, is like top five quarterback. That dude's a, that dude's a stud, especially with his, with his arsenal around him. But back to the Cleveland side, I'll give my, I'll give my little take. I'm not taking, I'm not taking Baker this week. Uh, Arizona secondary's been really good. Um, Kareem Hunt, obviously, that's that's just uh, put him in there. Don't even think about it. He's in there in the lineup. Um, I'm with I'm with Dylan on the like Ob OBJ is very talented, and he's too talented to be at six K. And I think you could definitely take a shot on Odell Beckham to be honest, because I think this will be a high scoring game. What came out of nowhere, and I think you guys know who I'm about to talk about, David Njoku. Like, where'd that guy come from last week? I 100% think that's a fluke game, and I would not chase it. No. Oh, no. Dude, that dude, that dude, I don't think that dude's had 100 yards. Well, he had 149 last week. I don't think that dude's had 149 yards in, like, all his week combined. I thought that dude was out of Cleveland last year. What, didn't he want to trade it when they brought in Hooper? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, what's your I, thought on the Cleveland, Dylan? Me and Ryan got way off topic. We do that all the time. My two guys are OBJ and Hunt. He shocks me every podcast. 
My two guys are OBJ and Hunt, and I 100% think uh, Hunt is the best running back on the slate. But I think the easiest way to get different is play OBJ and not Hunt. If, God forbid, for some reason Hunt does not perform well and OBJ catches two touchdowns, you're going to win big money. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's how my lineup – yeah, it is. I don't know if that's how my lineup is going to end up. End up. That's where I'm leaning right now. But I mean, Hunt is without question the best play with no Chubb against this Arizona run defense, 100. percent But but right now I'm leaning fading him just to get different and playing OBJ. Well, time to get on this Arizona side. You know, you got Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins finally scored last week. Had 33% of the targets. Kyler looked awful last week. I don't know what was up, but I think he has a bounce-back game. He's too good of a quarterback not to shit the bet again. Um, the half steps are down. But, again, San Fran's got a solid defense. And we just saw Cleveland get absolutely torched on defense. I mean, I mean, Arizona's offense is, in my opinion, just as good as – Offense like Chargers. I mean, they got Hopkins, Edmonds. I'm surprised they didn't use Edmonds much last week. They didn't really use anyone last week. The whole offense just sucked besides Rondell Moore. Um, I think they have a bounce back game. I like all the receivers except Antoine Wesley. You can play all four of them, and I wouldn't be mad about it. Um, you can play James Conner. You can play Chase Edmonds. You can play Kyler. You can play everyone. This is another game I really like to target, like, game stack-wise. Um, and you got the over-under only at 48 and a half. I think this game surpasses that for sure. Um, so you can hammer the over there. Um, but I don't think I'm going to end up playing anyone from this game. There's all out of price range for me, personally. Um, the one guy I do not mind, though, um, is indeed A.J. Green at only 5,400. You can load him up. He's been playing the snaps, getting the targets. I mean, his targets were down last week, but he's still playing the second most snaps on a team, above 80% each week. Um, he's found the end zone a couple times this year, so I don't mind him at all at 5,400. Yeah, I agree. I don't mind chalks at him, especially him being the lowest price wide receiver out of the four. Yeah. I honestly still have zero idea why Christian Kirk is that high priced right now, but I think 5,900 is way too expensive for Christian Kirk. That's just me. I think one one way to be different this week is because um, um, Kyler Murray's actually had, um, you know, they said they said um, I, I don't know if it was like one of you guys or somebody in our Discord said that Kyler Murray was getting his shoulder rubbed on, like on the sideline or something. Do you guys remember yeah, seeing that shoulder or? injury? Gotcha. But I, I actually don't mind because I don't think Kyler Murray, after last week's performance and the injury concern, I don't mind playing him. Herbert scored a rushing touchdown against uh, Cleveland, and at 8,400, uh, I know Herbert didn't – or not Herbert. I know Murray didn't get much in the run game last week. I think he only got like one yard or whatever. But Herbert ran for 29 yards, got a touchdown against his defense. So it seems like Cleveland's defense is not very disciplined right now, which uh, would – you know, tend to point to Kyler Murray having a decent game. If you're not disciplined, you know, holding your uh, edges and things, Kyler Murray can have a big game at 8,400. 
And I don't think he's I don't think he's going to garner too much ownership this week, fellas. Um, and I mean, I I wouldn't mind throwing him in the GPP just for the simple fact that I mean, if a ba- if we're considering a bad game for Kyler Murray, twenty two of thirty one, two thirty nine, and a touchdown, like what's a what's a good game look like? Because that's the twenty two for thirty one, two thirty nine, and a touchdown. That's like a great game for Baker Mayfield. Like Cleveland fans are happy. That was just a shot at yeah. you, Ryan. I'm sorry. Well, that's but fine. I, I, I I honestly don't mind a Kyler Murray. To be honest with you, at eighty four hundred, you could definitely take a shot on him because he is going to garner very low ownership after last week. Um, he's not even on the injury report because I, I looked at that. I was like, oh, I wonder what's going on. But uh, if this game is a higher scoring game, like I, I kind of think it's going to be a higher scoring game. I think San Francisco's defense just—they're used to seeing Kyler Murray. You know, they're they play each other twice a year, so obviously they have a better game plan for Kyler Murray than a Cleveland Brown. Who's only going to see him once every like three or four years? So I think Kyler Murray can have a big game. I think he might be one of the guys that uh, go low owned that can win you a lot of money. Sure, I love Kyler Murray. Pick ready to move on though. Unless you got anything else to add, Dylan? Nope, I'm good. All right, the next game we got is the Dallas Cowboys at the New England Patriots. Um, the over under is at fifty, and Dallas is favored by three and a half. Um, I love the Dallas minus three and a half. That you can hammer that. I think they win by a shit ton. Um, you just saw that Dallas team or that New England team play a close game with Houston, who I don't mind, but I was really close. And especially if Damien Harris misses, I just think it's gonna be a terrible day for this Patriots team. I think Dallas shits on them. Um, we see the emergence of Zeke. Um, I, I don't think it's questionable as anything to be concerned of. He was questionable all last week, and he still went off. Um, and like Dylan or Sai said, New England's defense isn't really something to be scared of. And we're just seeing Zeke get 20 rushes a game. He's gone over 100 the last two. He scored in both. He's scored a receiving touchdown last week. They love Zeke. They're just going to keep using him until the wheels fall off. Um, um, Dallas also... Um, they love um, – they just love scoring. I mean, they do everything. Dalton Schultz has been amazing at tight end this, at, so far this year. Um, he's seen 25% of the target share or more each of the last three weeks. Um, I mean, he saw eight targets. He's seen over seven targets the last three weeks also. I think he scored – I think he scored every week too. Could be wrong. Um, Who? No, he didn't score last week. He had six or he actually, I think, you know, that was Blake Jarwin. But, uh, yeah, he had six receptions for 80 yards last week. And, uh, he's been really solid. Dalton Schultz. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's been really good. Um, I, I don't mind him. He, no one's going to have him at tight end this week. I don't mind him at all. He's actually my fourth ranked tight end right now. Um, I really like Dalton Schultz again this week in a very solid matchup. Um, yeah, it's probably just Jar, it's probably just Schultz. Zeke for me from this team. Dak, I, I need to see more throwing from him and CD and Amari aren't really seeing many targets just to play him at their price. So, oh yeah, continue. I agree. Go ahead, Dylan. One hundred percent. I I honestly think you could play Zeke or Pollard. They're they're both getting a great amount of touches. Pollard got twenty nine touches last week. Zeke got twenty. 23. Uh, I mean, at their prices, both of them are good to decent plays. I don't mind either. 
but uh, honestly, my favorite play from this game is the Cowboys defense. Right, right now, I think that is my favorite defense for the week. They've been a lot better. They've been a lot better than I've expected them to be this season. And uh, they've been a ball hawk defense uh, against a guy like Mac Jones. If they force him to throw more out of his comfort zone, which I think they do because I think they score a lot on them to begin with, I could definitely see them getting some turn, forcing some turnovers and getting some points defensively. Yeah, but, I, I can get behind that as well. I mean, I like New England's um, rush defense sucks. If you definitely want to get different and you're paying up, you could pay up for Eckler and Elliott. I don't think Elliott. Um, I don't think Zeke's going to garnish much ownership, but he can absolutely smash at this position. Um, I'm with you, Dylan. I do like um, their defense as well, uh, but there's one other defense that I do like, um, and that's the uh, the Green Bay Packers, which uh, we already talked about them, but. 4,100 or 4,200, those two defenses, the one I'm looking at. The reason I'm looking at Green Bay is because they got a rookie running back, Justin Fields, you know, obviously Matt Nagy's still the coach. So um, those those are the top two defenses I'm looking at. I mean, the biggest thing for me there, I like Green Bay's defense too, but I want to play Herbert, and I don't like playing the defense against any of my players. Oh, I get it, 100%. But, I mean, Green, Green Bay's defense has been consistent in scoring handle points. They've only had one dud of the game. That was their first game where the entire team was way off. So, I mean, I don't mind them either. But I don't want to feel bad about losing points every time Herbert does anything if he scores well, I, a touchdown. I think last week um, Zeke didn't get that many carries because it was, I mean, really, it, it turned out to be a, be a blowout against New York. So. Yeah. Oh no, Zeke still got twenty one carries. Oh I, yeah, I know, but he was like a little injured, so they gave Tony Pollard the ball a little bit more. I mean, Pollard, I, dude, Pollard. There's uh, several running backs in the league that could go to another team and be a star. Pollard, Mattinson, Hunt. I mean, there's just I, I, I'm under. I, I'm big on don't pay, don't pay a running back. Like I would like if if I had Zeke on my team, I would never pay that dude nineteen million dollars or whatever he's making this year. Like, there's just so many running backs out there that can next man up. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree. And the reason I said I think you can play Pollard this week is because I do expect them to be up a good bit on New England, and I expect both running backs to get a lot of work. If they're not up big, the only reason they're not up big is because they're playing in New England. New England's uh, crowd gets a little crazy, so it might keep them in the game a little bit. I think but Dallas makes a good goals throughout the NFC. I have a hot I have a hot take though. I think Jacoby Myers gets a touchdown this week. It's not it's not a hot take at all because I know you saw that report that Mac Jones said he wants to get Jacoby Myers a touchdown. So I swear on my kids I did not see that report. But Ooh. just Dallas's defense is just not that great and I think New England's gonna be down a lot. So I mean, obviously Jacoby Myers he had like he was like the most targeted receiver, like week three and four. Obviously, last week he didn't have that many targets, but I do think he finds the end zone for the first time, uh, receiving touchdown for the first time in like forever. Any Hunter forever. Henry? Left? I don't know. I, I love me some Hunter Henry. He's actually taken over the um, the number one as a tight end as far as targets for New England because you know they got yeah. Jonu Smith. I think Jonu Smith is yeah. out there to block. 
I, I agree. Henry seems to be one of uh, Mac Jones' favorite targets. Because, yeah, John actually played 3% more snaps than Hunter Henry did last week, but Hunter Henry ran 20 routes, and John only ran 6. So, John really is only out there as a blocker. I think that's enough talk for this game. You know, if Damian Harris misses, you can, I guess, look Brandon Bolden's way. It's not a bad play at all. It, is it not Ramondro, whatever his name is, Stevenson? Oh, he's there, but Bolden should get most of the work. Yeah, he's he's yeah. receiving back, too. I just I, wouldn't I don't think them, they trust but... Stevenson very much. No. no. Uh, Bill Belichick doesn't trust anybody. Like, dude. Damian Harris, true. he like he fumbled. He fumbled on the. I, I was watching the game. I think it was last week, right, where he got a touchdown, but it got called back because he fumbled. Yeah. And then Bill Belichick takes him out for like two straight series. I, I mean, I don't get it. Yeah. For sure, I think uh, let's uh, not talk about this game though. We're ready to move on to the last game of the slate, which is the Las Vegas Raiders at the Denver Broncos. The over-under currently is at 43.5, and Denver's actually favored by 4.5. I would hammer the Vegas money line. Everyone's down on them because they lost their coach. I think they're going to come out all fiery and pissed off and show, you know, show some emotion. I think Raiders are going to come out strong this week. Um, we've seen Denver lose two straight. They finally shown that they're not a good, great football team. Uh, Vegas is actually pretty solid against QBs and wide receivers. And Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams really aren't anything special right now. Um, I think Vegas wins this one easily. I mean, they got healthy Josh Jacobs, Derek Hunter, I mean, Derek Carr. I mean, I think, I don't know why Vegas is, other than John Gruden not being the coach, is an underdog by five points right now. I just don't, I don't see it. I don't know why. I mean, yeah, they've lost two straight. They looked awful on the road against Chicago last week. But, you know, Derek Carr, he's pissed after that performance. Now he's pissed about the John Gruden situation. He's going to come out all fiery. He's a fiery guy. I don't think he just folds because the whole Gruden situation at all. I think they have a big week this week. They're all pissed. At Gruden. Most of them are, at least. So, I think they have a huge week this week. I don't know about you guys. I mean, I I think it could go either way, honestly. Just like the Vegas team has went either way all season, they've either looked fantastic or they've looked pitiful. I mean, I'm not too high on either team. Uh, Oh, neither am I for DFS-wise, but I think in a big image, I think they covered the point spread. I mean, you could also say Denver's going to be pissed because they lost to the team that everybody thought was absolutely pitiful in the Steelers. Yeah. I mean, there is one guy I like from this game. And uh, me and Size talked about him earlier. I really like Javante Williams. Mostly if Gordon is limited or doesn't play. But, I mean, I do think as I've thought all season that at some point this becomes Williams backfield and Gordon becomes kind of an afterthought. And I mean, if, if Gordon comes in limited, I think it's a very good chance that it could be this week. 
which I wish this was a one o'clock game because I'd feel more comfortable having the news early enough to be able to play Williams, but we're obviously not going to have that 425 game. Yeah, for sure. I still need a bunch of talk about here. I think for 6,600, you can fire up Sutton. He did. Oh, sure. He, but his target share has been good and he's been pretty consistent. Other than that, I'm not high on anybody. Yeah, neither am I. Tight end's so, so loaded this week. You, I don't think you made like no offense way at all. No, I mean, he, with all the guys that are out that have been out, he just, he's only had one really good game target wise. Yeah. I think we're uh, ready to make a lineup. Yeah. Alrighty. Three months. Here we go. I think I get the first pick this week. I think I do. I don't remember the order. Go for um, Yeah. We're going to get a little different here. And we're going to play. Huh. Yeah, we're going to go. A guy I don't think I'm going to get in much of my lineups this week. Um, oh, that's tough. I don't know where to start. You know, running back, wide receiver, tight end, I don't know. Um, okay, yeah, let's just, let's just do that. We're going to go um, Lamar Jackson at quarterback. I can get behind it. I I don't know. I think he goes a little under. No, actually, you know what? No, 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 no. Let's go Austin Eckler running back. Cool. All right. Whoever you guys can choose who gets next. You can go ahead, size. Okay. Um, one dude, because I, I think what I think I want to do something a little different than what we're probably going to do. Um, and I might not use this guy, but I kind of I do like him. Uh, let's go Seals Jones at tight end. I like him. Love it, love it, love it. All right, I'll start us at wide receiver and go with a guy that I like that I am probably going to play that I think goes super low on and go Robbie Anderson. All right. Well, since you guys are all going value, I'll just continue the non-value plays. Um, Yeah, and we're going to go Devontae Adams. I like that. Definitely, definitely like that. I'm going to get us another piece of the Kansas City game and get Daryl Williams. I like it. 
Um, I'll go ahead. Our last wide receiver spot and give us some more value. I'll take Michael Pittman. I don't think we need more value. Oh, we can always use more value. I guess, but we have like 7,200 per spot with a defense. Yeah, but if you took uh, well, I'm taking Cream Hunt right here because I cannot pay, you cannot pay Cream Hunt this week. Well, I had a different idea for the direction we were going, but that works. I think me and you was on the same uh, wavelength, Dylan. I think we were. Was it uh, taking Patty Mahomes and Kelsey? Sure was. <laughs> Yeah, we we definitely. And we can do that. We can no, we can do that. We can. No, no, no. We can. We can. Hey, we'll we'll make we'll make this work. We'll make this work. I think. No, 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 no. We'll 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 do that. I could have went. I could have went Hunt over Eckler if I really wanted him. You could still do that if you really want to. No, because then it fits in your Dallas defense. Boom! Look at that. Or if you want to take Hunt at flex, I can change my pick to Robert Woods. There's a pin. No, it's fine. I like this a lot more. It's definitely so Mahomes, Eckler, Williams, Anderson, Adams, Pittman, Seals, Jones, Kelsey, and Cowboys D. That's what I have yeah. in the lineup. Yeah. It's pretty solid. So, Since yeah. we all like Heineke so much, it's nice to get some Mahomes exposure. Sure. I think you need a lot of exposure to that. Chargers Baltimore game, too, so don't be afraid to play Herbert in Lamar either. Yeah, I agree. Like, we only have one piece for that game right now, and I think you're going to need a little bit more this week. Just, just going to point that out there. Yeah, you could definitely I – mean, you could build a lineup just with uh, the Kansas City and the Chargers game. Like, there's just those two yeah. games. Exactly. Any uh, final thoughts, Dylan? Um, just don't be afraid to get different. That's the only way you take down the million. Yeah. Remember, the million, million maker this week, there's a bonus for a defensive touchdown. So, if you're the right defense, probably going to be the only team that scores a defensive touchdown this week is going to be the Washington football team. <laughs> <laughs> Or the Bengals, whichever one. That's nah, definitely not going to be the Bengals. The Bengals suck. On. No, you're both wrong. It's going to be Houston. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, the defensive touchdown could happen before some people wake up. That's for sure. <laughs> well, maybe they just there's just no defensive touchdown. It's going to be it's going to be Jacksonville to a place. Well, they're not on the slate, so it doesn't matter. That's oh yeah, that's true. That that's a good thing though. Was they on the slate last year, that London game? I don't remember. No. No, they weren't. Okay. okay. All right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to uh, Episode 8. Um, be sure to tune in again next week and uh, join our Discord.